Come follow me, the Savior said, then let us in his footsteps tread. For thus alone can we be one with God's own This is Lexi Austin, and you are listening to The Savior Said, a weekly podcast dedicated to my musings and observations on the New Testament and the Gospel of Jesus Christ. I will be using the Come Follow Me curriculum of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This curriculum can be found at comefollowme.churchofjesuschrist.org. For more content, follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesaviorsaid. Hey guys, welcome back. This is The Savior Said, episode 36 for September 9th through 15th, 2 Corinthians 1 through 7, Be Ye Reconciled to God. I want to do something a little bit different this episode. I know you guys are here and you want to hear like some background historical information like on 2 Corinthians and you want to hear like, you know, my interpretation of the scriptures and stuff this week. But I feel like I'm kind of being led in a different direction this week. Like, I guess I've just talked to several of my listeners recently, both in person and through private message, and I know you guys are going through some really tough stuff. Um, My heart is breaking for a lot of you because I know some of the things that you're struggling with, some of the burdens that you're carrying. And as I was going through this week and as I was reading my scriptures, especially 2 Corinthians 4, I started thinking about a lot of you. And I started thinking about what can I do to help you? Um, And I specifically was reminded of the scripture. It's in Ether 10 and it's Ether 10 verse 1. And it's talking about, you know, this is when like all the Jaredite kings are like knocking each other out left and right, left and right. And finally there's a good king. His name is Shez. And Shez says that he had the task of building up a broken people. And so this week as I was reading through these chapters and I was thinking about you guys and everything that y'all have going on and even, you know... Like There's thousands of you that I don't know, and you guys have stuff going on too. I was thinking, like, what can we do to build up a broken people? I started thinking back to some of my previous episodes, and one of my favorite episodes that I ever recorded was my Easter episode, and that was a mixtape that I made for my Savior. I want to make a mixtape for you guys who are struggling. This is a mixtape for trials and tribulations and anyone who's having a hard time. I put together some songs that like kind of help me get through some of this stuff. And I've put it together with words and scriptures from 2 Corinthians, specifically chapter 4. And then also words from our modern day general authorities and apostles. So we're going to kind of mix it together. So that's why it's a little bit different this week. I know it's not going to help you out with your Sunday school lesson. I'm so sorry, but I just really felt like I needed to do this. So here we go. A mixtape for trials and tribulations. Track one, I want to call, Are You Feeling Hopeless? So for those of you who feel like you have no hope, you're in a situation where there's no hope, you've lost hope. Um, I found myself in the situation a like, mm, I want to say about a year or so ago, um, my husband was specifically very anti the church and going on and on and on. He's never coming back to the church and was like, you know, and I was just thinking, Lord, like, what is the purpose for this? Like, there's no hope. He's never coming back. And I keep feeling like he, like the spirit's telling me, like, just don't let go. Like there's hope here. Don't let go. There's hope. Just keep holding on. But sometimes it feels so hopeless. And so in that situation, We have 2 Corinthians 4, and this is verses 6 and 7. It says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And I love those scriptures because specifically in the situation where I'm thinking like there's no hope my husband's ever going to come back to the gospel of Jesus Christ, I need to be reminded that this isn't my battle to fight, that I have the power of God and this is God's battle to fight with my husband, not mine, and that when I have the light um, of Jesus Christ, like it says in verse 6, the light hath shined in our hearts to give the light of knowledge and the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, I can spread that to others around me, including my husband. And so to those who are struggling, who are feeling hopeless, I love these scriptures because I feel like they remind us that the light of Christ is in us and that the battles that we're facing are not ours, but our God's and God is fighting them for us. 
Um, and the specifically the quote I want to take from our modern apostles is from Dieter F. Uchtdorf's talk in April 2016. He will place you on his shoulders and carry you home. He's talking a little bit about um, his memories of World War II. He was in Dresden when it was bombed and he was four years old. And then he talks about seeing that city just completely destroyed and then going back years later and seeing how they've rebuilt it. And he says, as I pondered the history of Dresden and marveled at the ingenuity and resolve of those who restored what had completely been destroyed, I felt the sweet influence of the Holy Spirit. Surely, I thought, if man can take the ruins, the rubble, the remains of a broken city, and rebuild an awe-inspiring structure that rises towards the heavens, how much more capable is our Almighty Father to restore His children who have fallen, who have struggled, or become lost? So, if you are in a situation in your life where you feel like you were, you know, in the metaphorical, bombed-out city of Dresden, there's just no hope for life. You know, remember Dieter F. Uchtdorf's words that it's not us building, but it's our Almighty Father who restores his children. And so to go along with this, I have a song. It's called I Have This Hope by 10th Avenue North. And this is a song that I listened to a lot when I was, you know, having this particular bad time with my husband um, in the church and things like that. So I hope it inspires you and I'll see you on the other side of the song. We'll keep talking. As I walk this great unknown Questions come and questions go Was there purpose for the pain? Did I cry these tears in vain? I don't want to live in fear I want to trust that you are near Trust your grace can be seen in both triumph and tragedy I have this hope in the depth of my You are with me and you 
Okay, so this next track I want to title, Are You Feeling Anxious? And if you can't tell, there's like each one of these tracks has a question I'm starting out with. Um, And so the first one that we just did was, Are You Feeling Hopeless? This one's, Are You Feeling Anxious? So this is all about anxiety. So this is 2 Corinthians 4, 8. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. And so for me, when I'm feeling anxious, I definitely feel trouble on every side. Just constant needling, just thoughts of anxiety, thoughts of different problems and what ifs and scenarios and just feeling like I just cannot calm down or let go. And so that's kind of the feeling I was feeling when I read that verse is I'm like, that's kind of like, you know, anxiety. So I chose from our general authorities, Henry B. Eyring's talk, My Peace I Leave With You, which I definitely recommend you go and read if you have any sort of anxiety or just feeling like unpeaceful. Um, It's a really good talk. It's April 2017 conference. And he says, he's quoting, of course, Jesus Christ to start out here. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And that's from John fourteen twenty six through 27. Henry B. Iring says, The sons of Mosiah needed that gift of peace as they embarked on their mission to the Lamanites. With more than a little anxiety, as they sensed the greatness of their task, they prayed for reassurance. Pause. Okay, this is Lexi, not Henry B. Iring. But... I love this part of his talk because he talks about people in the Book of Mormon that struggled with anxiety. And we think a lot of times that it's a modern day affliction, but you can find all kinds of different examples in the scriptures of people who struggled with anxiety, people who struggled with depression, mental illnesses there in the scriptures as well. And so I love that he points out that, you know, the sons of Messiah, they were going on like kind of a really scary mission to the Lamanites and they had some serious anxiety. Okay, and Henry B. Iron continues, And the Lord did visit them with his spirit and said unto them, Be comforted. And they were comforted. At times you may long for peace as you face uncertainty and what may seem to you to be looming challenges. The sons of Mosiah learned the lesson that the Lord taught to Moroni. It is a guide for us all. If men come unto me, I will show unto them their weakness. I give unto men weakness that they become humble. My grace is sufficient for all who humble themselves before me. For if they humble themselves before me and have faith in me, then will I make weak things become strong unto them. Moroni said that when he heard this words, he was comforted. And they can be a comfort to all of us. We all have weakness. We all need to come to the Lord and the Lord can succor us in our weakness. I love that. Because it reminds me that, yeah, I have anxiety, and yeah, I'm still going to feel anxious, but the Lord's with me in that anxiety, and He can help calm it just a little bit, or He can lead me to people who can help me, whether they be therapists or psychiatrists, medication, whatever it is that might help calm me down. And one of the most interesting ways that I have found to calm myself down when I'm having anxiety or anxiety attacks, and there's scientific evidence behind this, is singing which sounds crazy, but I'll post an article link that you guys can go in and read this. When you sing or when you hum, you are actually stimulating a nerve called the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve is a long nerve. It goes from your brain all the way down your neck, your chest, your abdomen, and it connects the brainstem to the body. Okay, It's associated with all kinds of physical functions, including swallowing, taste, digestion, heart rate, all that stuff. So whenever you activate this nerve, it tells your brain all is well, stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system to relax as well. And your voice box specifically is connected to your vagus nerve. So whenever you hum or you sing, you naturally activate it. So this is why a lot of times during meditation, they'll have, you know, people will be meditating and they'll do things like, um, right? Because they're stimulating that vagus nerve and that creates the parasympathetic response in our bodies where we kind of relax, right? And then the other part I think of singing that really helps to relax me is the breathing. You know, if I can find the right songs, it will help me control my breath. And I'm not so like, (laughs) you know, it helps me like slow down. So my favorite song when I'm feeling anxious or just concerned or like wrapped up about stuff is It Is Well by Bethel Music. And so you guys are going to hear it in a minute. It's, It's based on, you know, the hymn It Is Well With My Soul. They've taken kind of like a different twist on it, though. And you'll see it is beautiful. She talks about, you know, 
the earth and all the different things that were created, that Christ still has power over them and he will change them for our benefit and our good. So how can he not be there with us in the middle of our, you know, trauma and whatever it is that we are going through? And, you know, the chorus is, it is well with my soul. And she just keeps singing that over and over again. So when I'm in my car and I'm having one of those anxious moments, like this is the song I turn on and I sing along to at the top of my voice. And I find that it does that vagus nerve thing. Like it stimulates my vagus nerve and gets me to calm down. And just the chorus, like as it gets to the end where she's like, it is well, it is well, like over and over again. I find that that really slows my breathing down. So if you are struggling with anxiety, I definitely recommend that you listen to the song. Okay. And sing along too. Once you, once you learn the words, it is well by Bethel music.
right, so this next track I'm going to call, Are You Feeling Alone? Um, and I think each and every one of us at some point in our life feels alone, either like disconnected from those around us, or we feel maybe like no one else feels the same way that we do. No one's ever felt the same way we do. Um, no one can understand what it is that we're feeling. And in those times, I think it's so important to remember that our Heavenly Father is there with us. And he does understand because he's felt those things before. Um, the scripture that I chose for this one is 2 Corinthians 4, 9. And it's just a little phrase. Paul's in the middle of kind of his spiel. And it kind of goes along with the one that I previously read. But it says, we are persecuted but not forsaken. Cast down but not destroyed. And if you remember the persecutions that Paul faced, they were pretty intense. But in the middle of his persecutions, what he was going through, he was not alone. He says he was not forsaken. So to remember that in the middle of our persecutions, whatever it is that we are going through, and it may not, I get, sometimes I get frustrated with depression because I feel like, yeah, people are like, oh, persecutions, like Paul went through a lot of really hard stuff. And when I have depression, I'm not going through really hard stuff. Like there's nothing really bad in my life. My body is just telling me that it's really bad. And so I get frustrated because I'm like, there's not anything actually bad. Like I can't even complain about anything actually bad. It's just my brain telling me things are bad. So that's still persecution though. It's inner persecution, I guess. But even in those moments, you're still not forsaken. All right, and I wanted to read you a quote from Jeffrey R. Holland, which, and just, you know, spoiler alert, there's going to be like a million Jeffrey R. Holland quotes in this episode because, you know, Jeffrey R. Holland is the man. And anytime you want to be uplifted, all you need to do is just go look up one of his conference talks. It doesn't matter which one. Just go look up Jeffrey R. Holland conference talks, and you'll find something that will uplift you and inspire you. So this is Jeffrey R. Holland. None were with him. Brothers and sisters, one of the great consolations of this Easter season is that because Jesus walked a lonely, long path utterly alone, we do not have to do so. His solitary journey brought great company for our little version of that path. The merciful care of our Father in heaven, the unfailing companionship of this beloved Son, the consummate gift of the Holy Ghost, the angels in heaven, the family members on both sides of the veil, prophets and apostles, teachers, leaders, friends, all of these and more have been given as companions for our mortal journey because of the atonement of Jesus Christ and the restoration of his gospel. Trumpeted from the summit of Calvary is the truth, that we will never be left alone or unaided, even if sometimes we may feel that we are. Truly, the Redeemer of all of us said, I will not leave you comfortless. My Father and I will come to you and abide with you. And I love that quote particularly because it talks about not just, you know, Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ who are always with us and are our best friends, but it talks about the others who are with us, the Holy Ghost, the gift of the Holy Ghost, angels in heaven are with us, family members on both sides of the veil, you know, teachers, leaders, it says prophets and apostles, I know they pray for the entire church, they're praying for you too, friends, all of these and more have been companions on your mortal journey. And I love that because it shows you you're not alone. Even if you feel like you're alone, you live by yourself, you don't know anyone, you're still not alone because you have all those people with you. And most importantly, you have your Savior and your Father in Heaven with you. And so the song that I chose to go with this, Are You Feeling Alone?, is called Another in the Fire by Hillsong United. Some of the lyrics in it go, There is a grace when the heart is under fire, another way when the walls are closing in. And when I look at the space between where I used to be in this reckoning, I know I will never be alone. There was another in the fire standing next to me. There was another in the waters holding back the seas. And should I ever need reminding of how I've been set free, there's a cross that bears the burden where another died for me. There is another in the fire. And I love that because it talks about we are not alone, even in the fires of our lives, in the seas of our lives. There's another one standing with us, and that's our Savior. So this is Another in the Fire by Hillsong United.
All right, this next track I want to call, Are You Feeling Broken? Because there have definitely been times in my life where I felt broken. Um, And specifically, I remember one Sunday driving to church and being so frustrated with health issues at the time and just being, you know, so upset that I was like, I couldn't serve in the church in the way I wanted to at that moment. I was actually, there's a library that's close to my church. And I actually pulled into the library parking lot because I was going to drop off some overdue books just in the book drop. And I'm sitting there in a parking lot just praying to Heavenly Father, just being like, Father, I just feel so useless. I feel so broken. I feel so alone. I feel like I can't do anything, and I'm so frustrated. And the thought that came to my mind at that moment was, Lexi, remember on the cross and in the Garden of Gethsemane, my son was broken physically, and look what he accomplished. If I can do that with a broken body, what can I do with you? And at that moment, I had to be like, yes, sir, you're correct. (laughs) You can do amazing things with broken people and with broken things. And, you know, if we look back through the scriptures, we have example after example of broken people doing remarkable things. If we look at Paul, Paul was broken. He talks about his thorn in his side. We don't know what that was, but he definitely dealt with it. Paul was broken by grief for what he had done in his early years, and he still came back and became an amazing missionary, an amazing apostle of the Lord. So the Lord can use broken people and broken things for many good purposes. So just because you may feel you are broken in some way doesn't mean you are worthless or not worthwhile. Um, In my particular case, when I was feeling broken, it just took a little while. It took a little while. And at that season in my life, I wasn't able to serve in the way that I wanted to. I just had to take care of me and rest and recover. And now I'm in a different season of life where I can serve and I'm happy to. Just keep going. That would be my advice, I think, to anyone out there feeling broken. And know that the Lord uses broken people. Um, The verse I chose for this one was 2 Corinthians 4.10, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. And I chose that one specifically because it references the death of our Savior, and it reminded me of my conversation with my Heavenly Father. The quote from the general authority that I chose to read for this one is another, Jeffrey R. Holland. I told you we'd be talking about him a lot. This is from his talk, Broken Things to Mend, April 2006. This reliance upon the merciful nature of God is at the very center of the gospel Christ taught. I testify that the Savior's atonement lifts us from not only the burdens of our sins, but also the burden of our disappointments, our sorrows, our heartaches, and our despair. From the beginning, trust in such help was to give us both a reason and a way to improve, an incentive to lay down our burdens and take up our salvation. There can and will be plenty of difficulties in this life. Nevertheless, the soul that comes unto Christ, who knows his voice and strives to do as he did, finds a strength, as the hymn says, beyond his own. The Savior reminds us that he has graven us upon the palms of his hands. Considering the incomprehensible cost of the crucifixion and atonement, I promise you he is not going to turn his back on us now. When he says to the poor in spirit, come unto me, he means he knows the way out and he knows the way up. He knows it because he has walked it. He knows the way because he is the way. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love it. And so to pair with that, I chose a song called Broken Things by Matthew West. Um, and some of the words that come from the song that I really like, it says, The pages of history, they tell me it's true. That it's never the perfect. It's always the ones with the scars that you use. It's the rebels and the prodigals. It's the humble and the weak. All the misfit heroes you choose tell me there's hope for sinners like me. Now I'm just a beggar in the presence of a king. I wish I could bring so much more. But if it's true, you use broken things. Then here I am, Lord. I'm all yours. So here we are, Broken Things by Matthew West. Grace was a kingdom I stopped at the gate Thinking I don't deserve to pass through After all the mistakes that I've made Oh, but I heard a whisper As heaven bent down 
said, child, don't you know that the first will be last and the last get a crown? I want to call, Are You Feeling Grief? And this is for all those who are feeling the loss of something, whether it be a person or a dream or a hope or a promise, um, whatever loss you are feeling, whatever grief you are feeling, this one's for you. And this is from 2 Corinthians 4.11. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then, death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, therefore I spoken. We also believe, therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus Christ shall raise us up also by Jesus and shall present us with you. And I chose those verses because it talks about believing in the resurrection. And I like to think for those of us who believe in God and our Savior, that there's a resurrection not only of our physical bodies, but also of our dreams. There's a resurrection of our hope. There's a resurrection of our faith that in times of trial and of tribulation, times where we see death in our hopes and our dreams and also in the people that we love, that there will be a resurrection in those things one day. So that's why I chose that that, that particular set of scriptures from 2 Corinthians 4. The quote that I chose to go with it is from Sharon Eubank, and it was her talk from the last April conference, Christ the Light That Shines in the Darkness. I love that talk so much. So I had to do a quote from it. So here it is. When tragedies overtake us, when life hurts so much that we can't breathe, when we've taken a beating like the man on the road to Jericho and been left for dead, Jesus comes along and pours oil into our wounds. He lifts us tenderly up. He takes us to an inn, and he looks after us. To those of us in grief, he says, I will ease the burdens which are put upon your shoulders, that even you cannot feel them upon your backs, that ye may know of a surety that I, the Lord God, do visit my people in their afflictions. Christ heals wounds. I testify you are beloved. The Lord knows how hard you are trying, and you are making progress keep going. He sees all your hidden sacrifices, and he counts them to your good and the good of those you love. Your work is not in vain. You are not alone. His very name, Emmanuel, means God with us. He is surely with you. 
And for this, the song I chose is Be Still My Soul by Carrie Job. And it's actually a remix of our hymn that we sing in sacrament meeting, Be Still My Soul. So you guys will recognize a lot of it. But she places another chorus in there. And the chorus goes, In you I rest, in you I found my hope. In you I trust, you never let me go. I place my life within your hands alone. Be still my soul. And so I love that because it's talking about the trust that we place in our Father in Heaven, that there will be a resurrection of all the loss we've ever experienced. So here it is, Be Still My Soul by Carrie Job. Past. 
right, so this track is going to be called Are You Asking Why? Um, a lot of times when I've gone through trials or troubles or tribulations, I've asked why. Why, Lord, am I going through this? Um, I was having dinner with a good friend the other night, and she was telling me about a certain trial that she's going through. And she's like, I just want to know why. Why did the Lord inspire me to do this thing when it's so hard and it's creating so many problems for me, and it doesn't seem to have any reason why? And, you know, we were talking, and I'm like, you know, there may be reasons that we just don't see now that we just aren't going to see, maybe even in this life, you know. There are times where we go through things that are so hard, and we don't know why. You know, there's been lots of trials in my life that I've gone through, and I don't know why. But we have to trust that there's a reason. I believe that there's a reason in everything we go through. So the scripture I chose for this particular section, Are You Asking Why?, is 2 Corinthians 4.15. And it says, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might be through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. So all things are for our sakes. Even if the good that comes out of it is that the trial is finally over, we can give thanks for that. So Evan A. Schmutz is the general authority I chose a talk from, and his talk is called God Shall Wipe Away All Tears. And he says, Everyone listening today is acquainted with some measure of loneliness, despair, grief, pain, or sorrow. Without an eye of faith and an understanding of eternal truth, we often find that the misery and suffering experienced in mortality can obscure or eclipse the eternal joy of knowing that the great plan of our Father in Heaven really is the eternal plan of happiness. There is no other way to receive a fullness of joy. God invites us to respond with faith to our own unique afflictions in order that we may reap the blessings and gain knowledge that can be learned in no other way. We are instructed to keep the commandments in every condition and circumstance. For he that is faithful in tribulation, the reward of the same is greater in the kingdom of heaven. And as we read in scripture, if thou art sorrowful, call on the Lord thy God with supplication, that your souls may be joyful. And I love this particular quote from there. It says, God invites us to respond with faith to our own unique afflictions in order that we may reap blessings and gain knowledge that can be learned in no other way. Um, You know, I've talked a lot on this podcast before about one of the big trials in my life was um, going through an unexpected hysterectomy when I was 31, 30, 30, 31 years old, somewhere around there, and finding out that I would never have children again. And at the time, I was so just distraught and devastated, and I couldn't see a purpose in it. You know, Lord, you put us on this earth to have children. We are supposed to multiply and be fruitful. Why would you make me go through this? And, you know, as I've come away from that experience, um, the years down the road here, I've learned that I need to be so focused on my husband and my son that there's some reason that I need to really focus on them and get them through whatever they're going through. They needed my attention. The Lord put me in their lives to get them through whatever it is that they're going to get through. And I think there were other intended consequences as well for the Lord. Um, just private stuff that I won't go into. But So I think like there's there really is good in everything. Just it takes some time, I think, to see it. So the song that I chose to go along with this is Beautiful Heartbreak by Hillary Weeks. Um, I had to include some Hillary Weeks. You know I love Hillary. So Beautiful Heartbreak by Hillary Weeks. I had it all mapped out in front of me. Knew just where I wanted to go. But life decided to change my plans And I found a mountain in the middle of my road I knew there was no way to move it So I searched for a way around Broken hearted I started climbing And at the top I found Every fear, every All the pain I went through was the price that I paid to see this view And now that I'm here, I would never trade The grace that I feel and the faith that I find through the bittersweet tears and the sleepless nights I used to pray He'd take it all away Instead it became 
turning around But heaven has shown me miracles I never would have seen from the ground Now I take the rain with the sunshine Cause there's one thing that I know He picks up the pieces along each broken road Every fear, every doubt, all the pain I went through Was the price that I paid to see this view And now that I'm here, I would never trade The grace that I feel and the faith that I find Through the bittersweet tears and the sleepless nights Instead it became So this is the last track in my little mixtape here. Um, this is, Are You Feeling Like You Can't Go On? That's the question I'm asking for this one. Um, and to go with it, 2 Corinthians 4.17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. For while we look not at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I like how it's talking about weight in different ways. Like, you know, this light affliction, which really isn't that heavy, is so light compared to the eternal glory, the weight of the eternal glory that we have and the hope that we have in Christ. And it reminded me of a time I was visiting my grandmother. My grandmother lives in Texas. She's about two hours outside of San Antonio in the hill country. And in the town where she lives, there's this big hill and on top of it, there's a cross. And there's kind of a local tradition there that there's rocks all over the hill that people go and they p pick up rocks at the base of the hill that symbolize whatever burden or sin or whatever, you know, just trial or tribulation that they have in their life. And they carry it up this hill to the cross and then they lay it at the foot of the cross. And at the time where I last went up to the cross, um, it was right before I had my surgery um, I was really sick at that time. I was anemic because of, you know, the stuff I had going on in my body. I had a grapefruit-sized tumor there in my abdomen. I mean, I was hurting. I had adhesions all over. It was just a really painful time for me. And I went to that hill, and I picked up two rocks. One rock was the burden of the physical stuff that I was carrying, and the other rock represented the emotional and psychological effects of the illness that I was carrying. And what I knew was coming, the surgery that was going to change my life pretty much forever. It's one of those pivotal moments, you know. And I took those two rocks. And this is not an easy climb. Like, this isn't just like a gentle sloping upwards. Like, there's rocks and it's slippery and it's hard to get up. And it's a pretty steep grade that you've got to go up. And so I took those two rocks. And even hurting as I did and as weak as I was, I made it up that hill. And I, I put those burdens at the foot of that cross. And I, you know, I gave those burdens over to my Lord and Savior. And I was carried through that trial in a way that I don't think would have been possible. I don't think I would be the same person today if I hadn't had the love and support of my Savior through that trial and if I hadn't given over a lot of the weight of that burden that I was carrying from the decisions that I was make, making, the pain that I was in, the fear that I had was weighing me down too. And just turning that over to the Lord it was a huge moment in my life. And so if you're feeling like you can't go on, if you're feeling burdened, if you're feeling weighed down, 
I would invite you to find some way, and even if it's just, you know, physically symbolic, find some way to write it down on a piece of paper, crumple it up and throw it in the garbage, you know, whatever it takes to get that burden out of you and give it over to the Lord. Find some way to do that. And the quote that I chose for this is from Jeffrey R. Holland, Like a Broken Vessel. And please, if you are dealing with depression, please go read this talk, Like a Broken Vessel from October 2013 conference. Um, It is amazing. All right. In striving for some peace and understanding in these difficult matters, it is crucial to remember that we are living and chose to live in a fallen world where for the divine purposes of our pursuit of godliness, we will be tested and tried again and again. Of greatest assurance in God's plan is that a Savior was promised, a Redeemer, who through our faith in Him would lift us triumphantly over those tests and trials, even though the cost to do so would be unfathomable for both the Father who sent His Son and the Son who came. It is only an appreciation of this divine love that will make our own lesser suffering first bearable, then understandable, and finally redemptive. And I love that because it talks about we chose to live in this world. And I think a lot of times we forget that, that, I don't know, this is gospel according to Lexi, but I would like to think that before I came into this life, I sat down with my heavenly father and we talked a little bit and he's like, okay, Lexi, so here are some of the trials that I'm going to put you through. And knowing me, as I know my personality, I probably was like, oh yeah, I can handle that. Oh yeah, layer it on, bring it on. I can do that. Oh yeah, that's totally Really easy. I, can, I got that, you know, because that's, that's my personality. It's who I am. So I know I was like that. And now I'm down here and I'm like, I don't like this trial. Oh, what was I thinking? Right. And so that's what it kind of reminds me of. We chose this, right? So we chose to live in a fallen world. And I think a lot of times we're like, I did everything right. I'm doing everything right. Why am I having these trials? Because I think that, okay. <laughs> like I totally think that all the time I'm doing everything right. Why am I having this hard time? Well, here's the thing. Our Lord and Savior, he did everything perfectly, way more perfect than I ever could. He experienced the most painful and terrible trial that mankind has ever known. So why would I, who am so imperfect and who sin against my Father in Heaven all the time, why would I be any different? How can I think it would be easy for me when it was never, ever easy for him? That helps remind me that Not only does he know what it's like and what I'm going through, but also this isn't a punishment. My trials aren't a punishment. They are a learning opportunity and that there will be blessings that come from these trials that I can't even begin to imagine. And so to talk about that, here's the song Blessings by Laura Story. pray for blessings we pray for peace comfort for family protection while we sleep we pray for healing for prosperity we pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering And all the while You hear each spoken need Yet love is way too much To give us lesser things Cause what if your blessings come through raindrops What if your healing comes through tears What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? Your goodness 
We doubt your love As if every promise from your word is not enough for letting me do something a little bit different this week. Um, again, I know it wasn't like helpful with Sunday school prep or anything like that. I know it didn't really enrich your understanding of the scriptures this week, but I felt impressed to do it because I know so many of you are struggling with so many things. I hope it helped uplift you a little bit. You know, in our baptismal covenants, we are supposed to share each other's burdens. And in this small way, I hope I am sharing your burden and making them a little bit lighter. So I love you guys. Have a wonderful week. Stay true. Bye, y'all. The Savior Said is not an official product or endorsed by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. All comments and opinions are my own personal opinions and not representative of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The music used in The Savior Said is Fireflies and Stardust by Kevin McLeod. The hymn quoted in the opening is Come Follow Me, lyrics by John Nicholson. The Come Follow Me curriculum can be found at comefollowme.churchofjesuschrist.org. For show notes, new episode alerts, and other fun and inspirational things, check out my Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesaviorsaid. Have a question or comment? Email me at thesaviorsaid at gmail.com. Content in The Savior Said is copyright protected. All rights are reserved. Thank you for listening.